Howdy, this is The Views from the Shop Podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller, and today it is Friday, Friday, February 9th, 2024, and I wish you a very, very, very happy National Toothache Day. Today's show is, as always, presented by Big Banter Sports, and I tell you what, I, I, I do the hard work that many won't do, while those on the national news talk shows this morning at the gym. Yes, that's a, that's a a half-hearted humble brag that I was at the gym this morning. But yes, I was at the gym and there on one of those national news channels, what are they celebrating? Well, I'll answer. They were celebrating National Pizza Day and cracking open a fresh box of pizza at about 7 in the morning, which that in itself of itself is just heinous but the fact that they're going to choose to celebrate that holiday over something like national toothache day just feels wrong but that's why you come to the views from the shop podcast for all of your entertainment needs because i guess that's really the only way that i can bring in um, fox news cnn msnbc wherever you may take in your your news content That's the only way I can relate it to Ohio State basketball. That's a long-winded way to say, welcome to the show. Today's show, we're going to preview Ohio State taking on Maryland, as always. But before that, we're going to answer a simple question, and it's this. How should you view Ohio State basketball for the remainder of the season? I have some thoughts. I have some takes. You can listen to them. Hopefully, you can noodle on them for a few seconds before instantly reacting and spewing any kind of negativity if that is how you feel about my take. And if so, that's fine. But I'm going to give you a take, and you can take it. You can leave it. Doesn't really matter to me. As we get going, please make sure that you are following wherever you're getting your podcast or subscribing, whatever the word it is that... It gives you on Spotify, Apple, or elsewhere, and you did a great job. Yes, you, the person listening, you did a great job. The last time I asked, I just said, hey, look, when the, when the tweet comes out with the episode, just like it. And when I asked, you delivered more than I ever could have imagined. More than that, probably not, but you still did pretty well. So do that again. If you don't mind, make sure you're following on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube. You may say there's not been YouTube content for a while. That is true, but that's not always going to be the case, especially in the offseason. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Make sure you're there. Let's dive in, shall we, to Ohio State taking on Maryland and how we should view Ohio State basketball moving forward this season. Now, Here's what we need to address before this. This we get into this topic. Number one, it's that your Ohio State University men's basketball team is extremely unlikely to make the NCAA tournament. Now, some will say Ohio State has no chance. And if anyone tells you that, then you have to bonk them on the head and say, hey, you're an idiot. I'm sorry, but that's stupid of you to say. Because technically, Ohio State could win the Big Ten tournament and automatically qualify for the Big Ten tournament. No, not that. The NCAA tournament. And then 
that hater, that detractor will come back to you. They will bonk you on the head with their own idiot stick and say, idiot, they can't win the Big Ten tournament. Haven't you seen they've blown two 18-point leads this year? Haven't you seen they haven't won a road game in over 13 months? Haven't you seen this team is awful and in last place in the Big Ten? And then you, again, you will take that idiot stick back and you will bonk them on the head and say, now listen, okay? I understand Ohio State is not playing good basketball right now. But if this exact same roster can beat Alabama, who, by the way, as we know, is ranked high in Ken Palm, so high that they're seventh right now in Ken Palm. The AP poll, we don't care about. We've talked about that plenty of times. We don't care about the AP poll. We care about the Ken Palm ratings rankings we care about net ratings that's all fine okay we also care about watching the freaking games which the ap voters do not do i digress you may say ohio state cannot win the big 10 tournament they're not good enough technically they can because they've beaten alabama they crushed santa clara they played pretty tightly with texas a&m they've played tightly with wisconsin this year They've been in some games, and if you can simply be in a game, ooh, ah, let me go here now. If you can be in a game and not win them like Ohio State did last season when it was in the game with Penn State but lost, in the game with Wisconsin but lost, in the game with Iowa but lost, I believe that was sometime later in, in, in February, and then you beat Illinois, and you go to Michigan State. And you lose by less than 10. Okay, we're in it. And then the Big Ten tournament comes around. And we've got fans saying Ohio State will never win another game. They can't beat Wisconsin. No, not Wisconsin. Are you kidding me? Stop. Yeah, they were up by 27, almost lost the lead. But they still won. And then they beat Iowa. Who many fans said, Ohio State could never beat Iowa. No, they're so bad. Fire Chris Holman. Yes. Okay, they beat Iowa, and then they say, okay, the the run stops here. The, these two teams aren't that good. Michigan State, they can't beat them. Beat them. Then they go on and take on Purdue, and they lose. That's fine, okay? But you can't say that a team can't do something just because they haven't done it yet or just because they haven't shown that they're necessarily all that capable. doesn't mean that they can't win, and we need to be aware of that. But I will say this. We know at this point Chris Holtman probably will not return next season. Again, I wrote an article on all the complexities of this, which you can find on Big Bander Sports. You can find it on our Twitter page if you, if you go back and look far enough. But you know what? I'm receiving a scam call right now. Should I pick it up? Should I answer and have some fun? I won't do it. That is uh, one of my favorite pastimes, by the way, is is playing with people who who try to scam. Because, because you may say that's not nice or that's a waste of time. If I can waste um, our friends overseas, if I can waste their time for five minutes, that means that they can't go waste your your grandma or or your your neighbor Earthel. You can't you can't they can't waste have their time wasted because I'm too busy with them. Whew, seven minutes in, and that's where we are. Okay. All this to say, I mentioned Erthel to say, obviously, just because Ohio State hasn't shown that they can beat and win in the Big Ten tournament doesn't mean they can't, okay? But they probably won't. Ohio State at this point is, they 
I I will I will say technically they can still make the NCAA tournament. They have zero quad one home wins this season. Those are huge for the net rating, which is taken into account on Selection Sunday. You get one more chance against Purdue next Sunday. I'll be there. And you also have zero road wins. Now, I went just, I, I wanted to look back, okay, at, at other teams that were in the last four in, were playing in next door Dayton. By the way, beautiful weather today, if you're if you're listening on, on Friday. Beautiful here in the greater central slash mm, direction redacted because I don't want to give away that much of my location, Ohio area. Beautiful day today. You should be in a good mood just because of that. What? I don't I don't I don't even remember what I was speaking of. Road wins. That's what it was. Went back, okay? Stay with me. Went back to the last four teams that have made it in in the past couple years. Indiana made it in last year with four road wins. If Ohio State wins out, they will pick up four road wins. So it's not like it's completely impossible. The road wins have some factor. They could be in it, sure. But you pick up the quad one quad one home win against Purdue. You get four road wins. This is all if you win out. If you win out, you enter the Big Ten tournament at 21 and 10 overall. That maybe puts you on the bubble, except for the fact that you haven't really beaten anyone. Now, you pick up these eight wins, and you're going to beat some good teams. You're going to beat Michigan State, Wisconsin. You're going to beat Purdue. That's huge. But you probably still need at least two wins in the Big Ten tournament to have a legitimate shot and to get some help with the net rankings, ratings, however you may refer to them. So here's what I'll say. Ohio State making it to the NCAA tournament basically needs a miracle, first of all. Second of all, on this show, while I have been accused of being too optimistic, I will not be that optimistic and say, hey... We can get a miracle. However, what I will say is this. The fan base is upset. Many are not going to games now. The shot is empty as crap. I will be there tomorrow for the Maryland game, and I will be at the Purdue game. Now, when I purchased the tickets for the Purdue game, they were much more expensive than they are now. However, I'm not going to be making a GoFundMe about it, although I should. That's besides the point. No, it's the major point, for sure. Um... Ohio State will not make it in the NCAA tournament. Fan base is very upset. Here's what I'll say. Can we just not, can we agree, if you're, if we're going to be a part of this Ohio State basketball community, can we agree, let's not root against this team. Your personal vendetta against Chris Holtman and your grudge that you hold with such a tight grip against Gene Smith is completely irrelevant to whether or not the team is successful. So if you go watch a game, and you just choose to root for your favorite college basketball team to lose, that is a miserable lens to view life, my friend. I would not recommend that at all. Root for your team to win. Understand that in most games, they probably won't. But hey, these may be my final minutes getting to watch Bruce Thornton or Roddy Gale. Or Felix Akpara. And likely Zed Key. Although I think he probably has another year he can take because of COVID. Not exactly sure about that. Don't care to look it up. These could be your final minutes to watch. These are your final minutes to watch Jamison Battle. Probably. Um, Enjoy the players that you have. Because these players 
Whether you like them or not, or not, their job, not vocation, but their duty as a player on the Ohio State men's basketball team is to win basketball games. That is what they're focused on. That is what they're focused on every day. And there is no reason to root against your favorite team. That's just stupid. Now, in pro sports, I get it. If it's the last game of the year and your favorite team happens to be eliminated from playoff contention and a win does nothing for you and you can go get a better draft pick going from 18 to 14 or something like that, I am I am okay with that for one game. And not even rooting against them but just saying, eh, if they lost, it wouldn't be the worst thing. In college basketball, you get nothing out of losing. Nothing. You get nothing out of losing. Other than, mm, we're going to buy out our head coach. That's stupid, okay? Root for your favorite team. And, and don't go on the Twitters, the X, and say, man, I hope we lose today so Chris Holtman gets fired. Get out of here. That is a pathetic, mm, that's condescending. That is a sad way to view your life and sports in general. And it kind of makes you seem like you're not really the the biggest fan of Ohio State basketball. Kind of gives fair weather. So don't do that. That's my take on Ohio State. All right, let's talk about Maryland. Um, Because I've taken about 10 minutes to talk about how you should view Ohio State, this Maryland preview will be a little, not, not lighter, but just shorter. So let's get into this. And get into it quickly. Maryland, 13-10, and 5-7 and seven in the Big Ten. You know another team that is currently 13-10 and 10 in college basketball and in the Big Ten? Hmm. 13-10. and 10. Ohio State, also 13-10. and 10. Now, they're 3-9 and nine in the conference, and they're 0-6 in road games this year. But, two 13-10 teams where... Although the sentiment at Maryland isn't all that great, it's better than it is at Ohio State. They're ranked 59th in Ken Palm. They're 82nd in net. Big difference there. Difference comes down to game location, you know, waiting expected results versus what actually happened and some other things like that. So there's a difference there. Maryland definitely on the outside looking in for the NCAA tournament, just like Ohio State. But they are 4-7 and seven in quads 1-2. and two. They're 3-5. and five on the road, like I said. So the resume is looking a little cleaner than Ohio State's at this point. But let's talk about their offense. Let's I did some digging for you. Man, this this is the type of content where if you're not subscribed, even if you don't like some of my opinions, can we, you know, you know, friends, we used to live in a world where you could simply disagree with someone and then say, hmm, on to the next thing. Okay, whatever. Now, if you disagree with my takes, the world we live in, if you disagree with anything, we we must hate one another. I personally don't subscribe to that um, viewpoint in life. Anyways, what a, what a show. We're just going off the rails here. Maryland's offense, 105.4 offensive rating. That would be their worst since at least 2018-2019 when I was looking on college basketball analytics. The data stopped there, so I stopped looking as well. However... They're 68.8 points per game average this year offensively would be the worst since the 2011-12 season, which was, by the way, when they were still in the ACC, and that was, by the way, when the ACC was still called the Atlantic Coast Conference and not the All-Coast Conference. I don't know if that's real, if the ACC is really changing its name to the All-Coast Conference or if that just sounds really good on Twitter, but my how, how, how we have fallen in college sports. 
Uh, low scoring production. Hmm. How does that happen? Well, poor shooting team. That can help it. 41% from the field this year is Maryland as a team. That's yuck. 29% from the three-point line this year. That's even yuckier, if yuckier is a word. And they can't even make their free throws. They're 71% from the free throw line this year. Now, where they are good, where they will score when they do score is from the paint. And offensively, they're kind of predicated based off of their paint production. 33.7% offensive rebounding rate leads to a 12.3 offensive rebounds per game number. Both of those very, very high production on the offensive glass. That leads to 11 second chance points per game, and 45% of their points come from the paint. Julian Reese is both the rebounder and the point scorer. Many will say Jameer Young is the most important player to Maryland basketball. What if I told you it was Julian Reese? Pause just for a second. We'll continue. Obviously, Jameer Young is the best skilled offensive player for Maryland. I'm not going to tell you that he is not. However, there's there's some things that we need to address here, okay, about Maryland basketball. And we will get into that as we move into the defensive portion of talking about the Maryland Terrapins. We'll talk about Jameer Young. Um, defensively for Maryland, how do I, how do I phrase this? Maryland is to Big Ten basketball what Iowa is to Big Ten football. Offensively, at least this season, not good. One really, really good player. Iowa, typically, that's like a left guard or a tight end. For Maryland, this season, it's Jameer Young. Now, 96.6 defensive rating. Wow to that. Very good. Only allowing 63 points per game. Exceptional. Only allowing 41% of shots from the field go in. Exceptional. This is a playmaking defense. And this is where Maryland is winning games this year is defensively. 75th percentile steal rate. 10.7% steal rate. I should also say. 13.2% block rate is 92nd percentile. They're forcing 13 turnovers per game. And here we go. Let's talk about Julian Reese again. If their offense more so is predicated on offensive rebounding scoring in the paint, that's thanks to Julian Reese. Their defense is also predicated on forcing turnovers and blocking shots. Julian Reese is averaging two blocks per game. 2.0. Exactly. And 1.2 steals per game. He's also got a 24% defensive rebounding rate. All of those supremely elite. And sure, you can talk about Jameer Young and his defensive numbers. He will take away some passes. He is able to grab his cookies. 1.4 steals per game. That's great. But Hakeem percentage-wise, it's Julian Reese and nobody else. However... That's that's if we're talking Julian Reese and, and Jameer Young. If we're talking Jordan Geronimo, who is somehow still alive and kicking it in the Big Ten, he's no threat offensively, but his steal and block rates, both really, really good. He's giving Maryland good minutes, I suppose. Only minor weakness for Maryland is their three-point defense. They're at the top of the key to the wing, 
They're allowing 33% of shots to go in from behind the three-point line. That's still above NCAA average, but not by much. And by above, I mean better than most. The 33% is worse than most teams are shooting. Does that make sense? Did I explain that okay? If not, you're a smart college basketball fan. You'll figure it out. Uh, They don't allow a lot of shots from deep, but they will funnel shots to the mid-range at a higher percentage than any other spot on the floor. So, Bruce Thornton, I'm talking to you now, Bruce. Um, They allow shots to be made from the wing up to the top of the key. They allow shots to be made in the mid-range and somewhat in the paint. Feels like a Bruce Thornton type of game. Hmm. Wonder if we'll get to that in banger bets. That will be a twist you won't expect coming. Okay. So that's Maryland offensively and defensively. Let's talk about some storylines in this one. And I've only got a few because I knew I would take too much time on on the first portion of this show. Number one, Jameer Young. Now, while I argue that Julian Reese is probably the most valuable player on Maryland, because if he's not getting the defensive rebounding production, if he's not taking passes away, poking balls free, blocking shots, if he's not doing that, then Jameer Young can't score. And if he's not dominating on the offensive glass and scoring points in the paint, then Maryland is scoring a lot less, and those offensive rebounds can't go to Jameer Young, who is second on the team in second-chance points. So, I would say Julian Reese is the MVP of this team in that he brings the most value. Now, I will say, in the NFL Award Show, was just last night, MVP, most valuable player, it comes to value, and essentially, if you lose this player, how bad would the team be without him? That's really what value is. It's not the most outstanding player. Jameer Young is the most outstanding player on the team. He averages 35 minutes per game. He's the only player consistently producing offensively, averaging 21 points per game, 42% from the field, 37% from three. How do you like those numbers? All very good. Really, really explosive. He reminds me of Terrence Shannon Jr. and his play style for several reasons, but mm, several reasons seems to allude to something inappropriate due to Terrence Shannon and his, his history and accusations, not what I meant. Moving on, both of these guys, really explosive, can score as shooters or on the drive. Um, Jameer Young has regressed at the rim this season, but everywhere else, he's he's pouring it in. And he's averaging four assists per game, by the way. Even with all the scoring production, 21 freaking points per game. In college basketball, he's still averaging four assists per game. If I could take uh, points plus assists per game, your production there, Jameer Young is probably close to number one in the nation. Even, even as he's scoring 21 points per game. He can dish as well. And he's the only guy offensively everywhere. He, he, he is the only guy. Doesn't matter what you need on the floor. If you need shooting, if you need three-point shooting, if you need distributing, if you just need simple scoring, if you need shots made from the three-point line, it's Jameer Young and it's no one else. So storyline for Ohio State, can Ohio State contain Jameer Young? Can you run him off the floor, essentially? Can you stick on guys like Jordan Geronimo, who probably shouldn't be out there, and Dante Scott, for example? If you can do that and you can contain what Jameer Young can do, Mm, feels like you got a good shot to win this game. Maryland, second storyline. 
they only have three players averaging double figures in scoring. That's why I bring this up. So just spoke about Young, obviously. Already mentioned Julian Reese. Coming into this season, I thought Young and Reese would be the best front court backdoor backcourt duo in the Big Ten. Technically, am I wrong? Probably not. But because we pay more attention to teams that win, um, eh, that was wrong. Sorry. But outside of Reese and outside of Young, you've got Dante Scott averaging 10.6 points per game. He's barely in double figures. Outside of that, there's nothing going on. Nothing. And of course, we know when a when a Big Ten team plays Ohio State, some rando is going to go off. So that's just that's how it's going to have to be. Who that will be, I'm not sure. Don't really care to look into it. Maybe it'll be some guy named Jamie Kaiser Jr. Maybe it'll be Deshaun Harris-Smith. Maybe Jahari Long. Who knows? Typically, it's a guy who can shoot three. So that would make you think probably Dante Scott or Jahari Long. But Ohio State is going to have to really worry about Jameer Young and then two other players offensively or defensively, I should say. That's it. If Aranda goes off, you kind of expect it at this point. But Ohio State is not going to have to worry about a bunch of different players. It's not the most skilled team offensively. Is Maryland and Ohio State is in the exact same position themselves offensively because you got James and Battle, Bruce Thornton and Roddy Gale Jr. all in double figures. No one else is. So there's that. Storyline number three, Ohio State's defense has been Swiss cheese. Maryland's offense, to continue the food analogy, has been effective as a cold knife through butter. Not a hot knife. Don't be confused. Nay, a cold knife through butter. At home, can Ohio State make Maryland's bad offense pay? Maryland has scored less than 70 points in 8 of 10 games, they've had multiple games in the past 10 games in which they've scored less than 60 points. So, can Ohio State simply take advantage of being at home, having a couple days to rest after a really ugly loss to Indiana? Can the Buckeyes take advantage? And my last storyline on this one. Will Ohio State be more aggressive? Chris Holtman I don't know if you saw the five-minute press conference after Ohio State lost to Indiana this week, but it was tense. Um, You watching may have your hands become a little more sweaty or sweaty for the first time if they weren't already sweaty, but it was uncomfortable. Chris Holman clearly unhappy, kind of got at it a little bit with Steve Helwegian, who I think does a pretty good job covering the Buckeyes for what it's worth, but... We had a little back and forth there a little bit. And it was just uncomfortable. And Chris Holtman said multiple times, and he said it, the coaching staff has been clear. They're not aggressive enough. They don't handle pressure well enough. And my question going into this one is, what does this really mean, first of all? And second of all, will Ohio State be more aggressive? If you're listening to this show when it's basically just dropped, Uh, 1 o'clock today, I will have the chance to chat with Jake Diebler for his press conference availability. He's going to be the one who will be chatting with the media today in preparation for the Maryland game. I'm going to ask him what that means, so stay tuned on that one. Will Ohio State be more aggressive? All right, that's what I've got for storylines in this one. We're going to get to predictions, including keys to the game and banger bets. Before that... Got to talk to you about college basketball analytics. CBBanalytics.com. Go there right now. And you can find the best stats in 
probably the world, and if not the world, at least North America, you can find everything you need there. We're getting close to March Madness, okay? If you're going to use college basketball analytics, not only you can use it for betting, of course, but you can also use it to fill out your March Madness brackets. March Madness feels March Br- Madness brackets feels like a casual term, so I'm going to say NCAA tournament brackets. As you're filling out those brackets, there's something called the trapezoid of excellence. If you've ever heard of it, that is something that you can find only on college basketball analytics. You can also find other predictive stats. You can put together a bunch, a bunch of different charts and graphs, team four factors. You can find traditional box score factors. You can go into much more analytical types of numbers like a keen percentage and all these different types of things. So as you have takes on Ohio State or otherwise, you can support them using cbbanalytics.com. Use code SHOT, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, SHOT, short for Views from the Shot Podcast to get an entire month free. cbbanalytics.com, use a code SHOT. All right, predictions, and we will start with keys to the game. Number one for Ohio State, take care of the freaking basketball and squeeze the orange. That's such a simple one, and I hate putting it on keys to the game. But against a team like Maryland, it is true. They want to speed you up, they want to clamp you up, and they want to force turnovers. We've already spoken about Maryland's very, very high success. Stealing, blocking, Hakeem percentage, all of it, really good this year. Steal percentage, 10.7%. Block percentage, 13.2%. Hakeem percentage, 24%. And they don't foul. They're not going to give you extra shots. They're not going to give you free throws. They're very, very good at playing good basketball, forcing, what was it, 13 turnovers a game? 12 turnovers, sorry, actually, no. They're averaging 12 turnovers per game offensively. Defensively, they are forcing 13 turnovers a game. So, Ohio State, can you take care of the basketball? And if we go back to past games and seeing how they fared taking care of the basketball It has been abysmal. Their turnover rates since December 3rd. Actually, you can go back to December 1st, the Rutgers game. Every single game has been 39th percentile or worse in college basketball. And they have one, two, three, four games in which it was 6th percentile or worse. That is horrible. Box score-wise, turnovers. They had 12 against Indiana, 10 against Iowa, 6 against Illinois. That's pretty good. 11 against Northwestern, 9 against Nebraska, 6 against Penn State. That's pretty good. They won that game. 4 against Michigan, somehow lost. 8 against Wisconsin, 14, 13, 11, 12, 13, 16 turnovers. Can you believe that? It's horrible. Ohio State has not shown the ability to take care of the ball. Roddy Gale has... Uh, jump passes and throwing passes that he shouldn't and getting his pocket picked. He's not been the best taking care of the basketball. Jamison Battle, when he's on the dribble, not great as well. And that's actually, screw it. That's all I'm going to say for the first key to the game. Second key to the game, use Jamison Battle as a shooter. And I say that, I so quickly move into this because If you recall the final play of the game, not the final final play, but the second to last offensive possession for Ohio State, Jamison Battle got a ball screen on the right wing using Felix Akpara. This was a play that they had used previously and Jamison Battle got fouled and was able to get some buckets out of it. That's fine. However, 
typically Jamison Battle as a creator with the ball in his hands dribbling is not successful. Let me tell you where he is. In his past three games, he is 11 of 22 from deep. That's 50%. He's shooting 50% from the three-point line in the past three games. Please use Jamison Battle as a shooter. Allow him to play to his strengths, spot up, and go. He's really not a high-level basketball player in many other areas of the game. Shooting he is. Allow him to take shots and to make three-pointers in this one. Those are my two keys to the game. Banger bets and final thoughts with a prediction, and we're out of here. Banger bets. Looking at the under. Super, super slow-paced teams are Maryland and Ohio State. Both of them have been bad offensively. We'll take a look at what the number comes out with, and then we'll see. But we're looking at an under. And plot twist. We're looking at Bruce Thornton's under. Why? Well, number one, this number is likely to come out at 14.5. If it comes out at 15 and a half, I don't care what the juice is. I'm going to take it because sometimes you just need to win one. But in the past three games, Bruce Thornton has hit 14 plus points only once. So even if this line is at 14 and a half, he hasn't hit in three straight games. And the Maryland shooting zones, although they scare me, I will I will consider taking this at 14 and a half if the under is plus money. There could be some value there. Maryland shooting zones, again, they pave ways for Bruce Thornton to be good. Bruce Thornton is typically getting some scoring production higher at home this year rather than away. We will take a look at it. I hate taking unders. We all do. But you know what I what I, what I like more than I hate? I don't even know how to say this. I, I'll take an under if I can make money. Okay. Final thoughts on this one. Wow. And we are at we're at about 34 minutes here. Nice job by me. Pat on the back. Subscribe if you haven't already. Just for the fact that I got through all this content in barely a half hour. Final thoughts. Maryland can really only score in the paint. Their shooting zones are disgusting. They are not good from the field. Felix Akpara. feel like I mention him every other show in that he can be the X Factor in this one. Felix Akpara. If he can guard the paint the way that we know he can, he can block shots. Not even, I don't even care about blocking shots, but rebound the ball and simply make life hard for Julian Reese and whoever may try to drive into the paint. Maryland is going to struggle to score. I think Felix Akpara can do that should he stay out of foul trouble. The other side of this is number one, Maryland, like Ohio State, has taken a step back this season. But Maryland kept two of its best players. Ohio State lost its best player in Bryce Sensball, kept everyone else. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But Maryland kept its two best players and still has taken a step back this season. At some point, Ohio State needs to win a game. You're at home. You're playing on Saturday. It's 4 o'clock. I don't know what channel this game is on. I will be there, so it doesn't matter to me. But it just feels like a game Ohio State wins. I'm going to say it. I predicted Ohio State lose many games this season. If I just once predict that they win, sue me. Crucify me if you must. But I'm taking the Buckeyes to beat Maryland in this one because I think Maryland's pretty one-dimensional. I think they struggle offensively. I don't think I know. And I think if Felix Akpara can play big, Maryland's really going to struggle. So we'll keep an eye on that for you. The live tweets will be lesser in this one since I'll be at the game and I like to enjoy the game a little bit more than if I'm sitting on the couch watching. But 
there still will be live tweets. We will try to have some banger bets for you if we find anything we like. Appreciate you listening today. Go freaking Bucks. Root for Ohio State, even with as poor of an uh, of a performance it's been this season. That's fine. Root for your Buckeyes. Your life will be better because of it. I'm going to shut up before you shut me off. Go Bucks. <laughs>